1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.
0: This is CBS Ion on, on Veterans. Eye on Veterans.
1: Here's retired Marine Captain Chaz Henry.
0: The Marine Corps is now the only U.S. military service in which enlisted women go through boot camp separately from men. There are not a lot of women in the Marine Corps. They make up about 8 or 9 percent of the Corps' ranks. A senior woman Marine officer who'd been selected to command the Corps' boot camp for women believes that training women separately isn't a good thing for a couple of reasons. She says it doesn't, during the most formative period of the Marine-making process, create a bond of accomplishment and trust between male and female Marines. And it's ended up setting lower performance expectations for women who she says can routinely achieve more when it's clear that more is expected of them lieutenant colonel kate germano had begun to boost achievement among women recruits when a year into her command tour she was fired from that job kate germano has written about the experience in a new book titled fight like a girl i asked her what she expected to find at paris island and hoped to achieve when she was put in charge of the boot camp for women hoping to earn the title marine
1: Well, it was my second command tour. I had been in command of a recruiting station prior to that, so I was familiar with the types of responsibilities I would have as a commander, uh, good order and discipline and maintaining the responsibility for my Marines, leadership, making sure that the recruits were being trained the right way and that we were making the most effective and strongest Marines that we could. Um, So I wasn't surprised that that was part of the mission, but I think I was very surprised by the cultural aspects of what I found at Paris Island.
0: And those were what?
1: Well, 4th Battalion was really unlike anywhere else in the Marine Corps, and I think that that was the thing that I found most disconcerting. So, in other words, the discipline problems that I found with my drill instructors, the abuse problems that were going on um, with the older drill instructors abusing the new drill instructors and the drill instructors abusing the recruits, those things were things that would never have been tolerated anywhere else in the Marine Corps, but they were endemic to Paris Island, and they were really endemic to 4th Battalion.
0: And as you took over, what was your sense of uh, why?
1: Uh, I, You know, f- for my battalion in particular, uh, it was mainly that it was ne- neglect. We had allowed the women to be separated geographically from the, me- the men. That was the way we trained women. It's the only service, the Marine Corps is the only service that has maintained segregated boot camp for women and men. And so 4th Battalion is this little tiny compound that's self-sufficient, all on its own, Uh, located on a separate part of the base from the other training battalions. And so I think because there was a stigma about men in leadership positions actually um, doing leadership-type things to supervise the women and being seen on that compound, there was uh, a period of neglect that transpired for 20 to 30 years. And so that allowed the women to focus less on making good, tough, strong Marines and more on hazing-type activities that really don't produce good Marines. And so that's what I found when I got there.
0: A motto that one often hears in training environments is train like you'll fight. fight. Right. So this didn't sound uh, to be that sort of environment with more and more women deploying to uh, combat zones.
1: Right. So I'm a believer that anything extreme is bad. Extreme dieting, extreme religion, anything extreme is bad. And at Paris Island and in in the Marine Corps in general, what we have is this extreme environment where women are the tiny extreme minority and... They're separate from every aspect of training at Paris Island. And that has changed a little bit in the recent months. They've done a little bit more to integrate the training events for male and female recruits. But the bottom line is that we comprise such a tiny part of the entire Marine Corps that most Marines go their whole careers never having worked with women. And so what that allows for is all of these... um, preconceived notions about women and our lack of capabilities it allows those types of mindsets to flourish and it uh, perpetuates negative stereotypes about women
0: not seeing each other right. training what was the problem you saw with uh, male Marines not seeing female Marines training and vice versa
1: well I mean one I think it sets up women for failure because the Marine Corps stance has always been that we don't train women and men together at boot camp because the women aren't confident enough to do so to me, that's insulting enough on its own. But number two, it sets up women to fail because 10 days after they graduate, they go to marine combat training and they're automatically thrust into male and female units and required to do all of the same activities. And I think to go from a very comfortable environment where you're only training with women by women into this integrated environment ten days later where a lot of women find out that they're running a lot slower than the men that they're not as strong on hikes it's setting them up for failure and it really is not the boost of in confidence that the Marine Corps likes to say segregation produces
0: training environments uh, schools uh, always look to metrics you look to grades you look to uh, accomplishment ways to quantify you know is this really working and you found that uh, you were able to do that but the results were not encouraging
1: So when I got to Paris Island, like any battalion commander, my goal was to leave my unit better than it was when I found it. And so the first thing I did was I looked at data and there was plenty of data to see. Um, You know, the Marine Corps tracks all of the graduation event results for male and female recruits. So I had 40 years of data to parse through and evaluate and examine. And when I looked at the data, what I found was really disturbing. And it was essentially that the women had underperformed for 40 years in every graduation requirement. And that included academics, where there was this, again, this belief that somehow women were smarter and did better in on testing than the male recruits had. And so I saw the data didn't support any of that. And so I started asking a lot of questions about why we do segregated training. If we say it produces better women Marines, then the results should show that. And I found the exact opposite.
0: As you began to uh, work toward training that would improve those metrics, how did you go about that?
1: The first thing I did was I wanted to get feedback from my Marines. For me, it was was shocking to see the data, and I wanted to hear what they had to say about it because I knew I wasn't going to be able to change the system on my own. I wanted to get their ideas. They're smarter people than I am, and I wanted to hear their feedback. So I laid the data out. I went back 10 years because I couldn't fit all 40 years into a PowerPoint slide, (laughs) the preferred method of communication. I I laid out 10 years of data on PowerPoint slides, and we did all-hands presentations. And I basically just laid it out. And I said, hey, I want you to take a look. And I and they were charts. And so you could see that the three male or recruit training battalions were all kind of on the same trajectory in the upward trajectory on the charts. And then the women's battalion had always performed underneath. And when I laid it out, I, it was almost like you could hear a pin drop in the classroom. And so when my drill instructors, particularly the really good ones who knew that I was trying to do the right things for the right reasons, when they saw that, they were shocked and they were embarrassed and they wanted to change it. And so we put a lot of their feedback in, and into play and put their ideas into action on how we could improve scores on the rifle range, on what we could do to change the types of language that the male instructors were using um, to end the GOLM effect this idea that, you know, if you tell a woman she's not going to do well on a test. She doesn't do well on the test, and that, and so when by by changing the language that we were using to teach these women, and by expecting them to succeed, we saw immediate results, and it was all because the drill instructors believed in what we were trying to do.
0: Expecting excellence—it really seems at it's the base at the base of the Marine Corps ethos. Right. It just seems really odd that it didn't exist in this environment. Right at this point, looking back. Why do you think that was?
1: You know, I think, again, it goes back to this idea of neglect, right? So what I found was there was this cycle that was created at Paris Islands Because there were assumptions about what women were naturally good or not good at, that became the reality. And the longer you saw women not perform well on the rifle range, the more people started to believe it was because of physiology.
0: Fired, then retired, Marine Lieutenant Colonel Kate Germano. She was pulled out of her post as commanding officer of the Marine Corps' segregated boot camp for women. Why? We'll get her side of that story in a bit. First, though, how she was able to bring about startling improvement in the shooting scores of female recruits.
1: You know, they say every Marine's a rifleman, and I knew that that hadn't been true for the recruits because up to a third of each class was going unqualified on the rifle range, which was shocking, right? So we we focused on the rifle range first, and what we were able to do is just by changing the language that we were using and telling the women from the onset this is there's no stress you they're going to teach you everything you need to be to do to be successful and as long as you focus on the fundamentals you're going to ace this and we expect you to shoot expert we saw that if we demanded more from the women up front that's exactly what they achieved but when we you know the years of data show that if you just said well you know women have never shot well Uh, we don't really know why it's a lot a lot of times because they just don't perform well under pressure then you would see the women play that out in the results that they would get on the rifle range. So it was just amazing to see. It was like a science experiment in action. And it was amazing to see what the drill instructors and Marines could accomplish just by having higher expectations.
0: Now, the first word in the name of those people who are training the Marines is drill, drill instructor. Right. And in your book, you address uh, the fact that marching around, uh, civilians right. sometimes have a, a difficult time understanding Why? what all this means, <laughs> what, what it inculcates. uh But uh, the Marine Corps over over years has determined that this, uh, you know, helps create team thinking. Discipline. And and you found that even that wasn't done the same way with training women. Right.
1: So this really goes back to the systematic problems that are um, created by the battalion's infrastructure. So 4th Battalion, again, tiny compound. It's all self-sufficient. So we have our own classrooms, our own dining facility, our own Hospital, uh, you know medical facility are in our own barracks and on the male side all of the recruits march to the consolidated classroom and they march to the consolidated dining facility and so what we found was because the catwalks the passageways in between the classrooms and all the other workspaces in the battalion compound were so narrow the women couldn't march holding their weapons. At anything other than sling arms or or carrying them in front of them they couldn't do drill on the move and drill is really designed on the with weapons to make you comfortable with your weapons and to make sure that you understand the safety fundamentals the weapons handling safety fundamentals and so Just by seeing that the architecture itself was limiting women from succeeding, that was an aha moment. It was like, holy cow, we have a bottleneck that's preventing the number of women from growing, and we have an architecture that is preventing women from being able to to get stronger with their weapons as opposed to how the males are training.
0: So you began to, as best you could, co-locate some of the training so at least men and women would see each other training, uh, if not uh, be directly involved in the same exercise. And uh, what sort of success did you have with that?
1: We had limited success. So when I took over, really, the only time men and women saw each other were for very limited training events. Um, So they were exposed to each other at the rappel tower. Um, They were exposed to each other because they would be in the same geographic proximity um, when they went through the gas chamber and when they did the swimming qualification. But that was pretty much it. Everything else was separate. And so that creates distance starting at the most critical time of somebody's career so if you see other people from other cultures and other gender uh, you know training and doing the same things to push themselves then you're gonna understand that their training is exactly the same and that they're earning it just like you are but if there's such distance that you never see that then there are a lot of assumptions about why it's easier for women and I think that that permeates then the culture and it becomes a trust issue and it makes women the targets of a lot of negative behavior
0: as you were making some of these efforts to uh, increase the exposure of the men and women training at Paris Island to each other uh... the headquarters for which you were working and uh, the marine corps in fact itself was involved in a project to try right. to keep women from being assigned to right. infantry units
1: so i'll never forget going to my husband's retirement my husband worked directly for the commandant at the time it was general dunford and we were sitting in general dunford's office with my husband's parents and me and um, i think my father was there and General Dumford turned to me and he said, "Hey, so how, how's everything going at Paris Island?" This would have been in March or April of 2015. And I said, "Oh, sir, it's going great. We're doing everything we can to make the women tougher, faster, stronger. We're seeing all these great results on the rifle range because we know that they're lifting the ban on women in ground combat, and we want to be ready." And I'll never forget his expression. He leaned forward in his chair and he looked at me and he said, "No, we're not there yet." And then he turned and he went on to have another conversation. And at that point, I was thinking, oh, man, we are so far ahead of where the rest of the Marine Corps is. And it turned out that that was exactly the case. The narrative that we were showing about what women could do and how they could succeed at Paris Island conflicted with the narrative that the Marine Corps wanted to show to keep that ban in place.
0: How did that play out? Because uh, as reading through your book, it's, it was in very personal ways.
1: It, it didn't play out well. I mean, <laughs> clearly, I uh, I was relieved of command, which was devastating. But with my particular boss, um, it it there was a difference in how we perceived um, leadership responsibility. And so um, what I found was that his tactics seemed to be avoidance. He avoided coming to the battalion. He never came to see us training. He never came to see my interactions with my Marines. And so what ended up happening was He was unhappy with me, and he would allow Marines in my battalion who were being held accountable for these new standards to come to him to complain and go around me to say that I was being too hard on them or being mean. And so that played into the whole stereotype of the strong woman as a negative, whereas strong men are seen as a positive. So that was, um, it was difficult, and it didn't turn out well.
0: You got resistance from a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. and. Reading the book, one gets a sense that, uh, well, if I don't know the environment, could it have been Kate? Could it have been her? Because there was a problem with the uh, number two in command. There were a couple of company commanders that weren't strong and a couple of the other officers and some of the drill instructors in the unit. How do you think about that in in retrospect?
1: Yeah, I, I wrestle with that every day. I mean, I know I could have done things better, right? I know I put on my pants like anybody else. I'm a human being and I make mistakes. But I also know that you could not have achieved the results that we were seeing at 4th Battalion if, if you were having to drag people across the finish line, kicking and screaming. So I think when I look back and I and I keep in touch with a lot of the Marines from 4th Battalion who were there with me, um, I know I was doing the right things for the right reasons. I wasn't perfect. I screwed things up. But I know I was portrayed in a way um, that was intentionally designed to embarrass me. Um, after I was relieved.
0: Talk a little bit about how that played out then, the sort of mechanics of the decisions apparently made to relieve you of command, but then that was handled in ways that were very different from uh, the way it would typically be done.
1: Well, I mean, first of all, I never was interviewed in the investigation into my leadership. Um, So I had no idea. I knew about the results from the command climate survey, which is in and of itself uh, interesting, Um, but I was unaware of what exactly they were Looking at with the investigation and so I was fired and within 72 hours of getting home from being fired rather than just seeing the typical one liner that goes out to the media saying you know a commander was relieved for lack of trust and confidence I got home and all of a sudden I found out that the Marine Corps had provided the investigation to national media outlets and that their statements about me were scathing. And so it was, and
0: you hadn't seen the, the I investigation? I had not seen the
1: investigation again. So I was in the dark. And the interesting thing is that the investigation into my leadership lives in perpetuity on the New York Times website because of the actions that the Marine Corps took.
0: When one serves in the Marine Corps, even if a person saves three or four years they go, for the rest of their life, they sort of self-identify as a Marine. So those of us, you and I, who have committed a lot of years to the Marine Corps, when something like this happens to you and the institution seems to turn on you in an unfair way... How does that leave you feeling?
1: Uh, It's such a great question. I'm going to generalize, and I'm going to say that women in general who join the Marine Corps are in a tough position because they join just like the men to be part of something greater, just like you did, right? And then when they join, they stick out like sore thumbs because there are so few of them. And then when they get out they're invisible because they don't look like the stereotypical Marine. So all of my situation aside, I think women struggle with this idea of fitting in and then having that pride of belonging after they get out. But in my case, uh, I, there was a period where I really wanted to take my life because I felt like here I had given everything, all that I had to make the institution stronger, um, only to find out that the institution kind of disowned me at the end.
0: Retired Marine Lieutenant Colonel Kate Germano, her new book describing her experience as commanding officer of recruit training for female Marines is titled Fight Like a Girl.